the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson. Here you will hear teaching that will challenge you to a deeper walk with Jesus. Whatever place you are in your understanding of God's plan for your life, you will grow closer by listening. No shame, no guilt, and no condemnation. But you will be challenged to a closer walk with God. Now here's Pastor Israel with today's teaching. Our text this morning is taken from Luke 19, verses 37 to 44, and also Matthew chapter 21, verses 18 to 22. Now, I apologize in advance. I'm going to be going back and forth uh, on these two uh, passages because they are related to each other. Uh, And I'm going to be going back and forth just to to bring out uh, the point that we want to get across this morning. First, uh, Luke 19. When he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully praising God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. Now Matthew 21, beginning with verse 18. Early in the morning, as Jesus was on his way back to the city, he was hungry. Seeing a fig tree by the road, he went up to it and and found nothing on it except leaves. Then he said to it, may you never bear fruit again. Immediately the tree withered. When the disciples saw this, they were amazed. How did the fig tree wither so quickly? They asked. Jesus replied, truly I tell you. If you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but also you can say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. I don't know about you, but this uh, 24-7 coverage of the pandemic uh, you know, it's getting too old for me. I'm getting tired of it. How about welcoming Jesus with joy? How about that? At least for this moment. And that's our message this morning. Welcoming Jesus with joy. Joy is a big piece of the Christian life. We cannot talk enough about it. The reason being is that joy validates and authenticates our faith. 
True joy that comes from the Holy Spirit of God is what separates the true followers of Jesus from those who are just uh, bandwagon followers. And this is no more evident in that story that we just read on that firm Palm Sunday. You know, that's a, that's a celebration uh, that's commonly called the triumphal entry of Jesus as he began the last week of his life in what we call the, the Passion Week. In that, in that scene, we find people celebrating Jesus for the wrong reasons. They were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, Lord, save us, save us. But eventually, many of those who were crying out these praises eventually will cry out, crucify him, crucify him. On the other side of, 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 uh, of this story uh, were the religious leaders who appeared to be spiritual on the outside, but they lacked true righteousness. The scene is set in Jerusalem where the people are in their own land, but they had no power at all. And Jesus saw all of this. And you know what he did? The Bible says that Jesus wept. Why? Because in the midst of the celebration, there was something missing. There was no real joy. They missed the point of his coming. And then the following day, Jesus illustrated this dead spirituality uh, by cursing a fig tree. The tree appeared to be alive and full of leaves, but it wasn't bearing any fruit. Jesus, in cursing the fig tree and the fig tree uh, withering, uh, Jesus was illustrating for us what a dead spirituality look like, looks like. What it means to be spiritually dead, to appear spiritually on the outside, spiritual on the outside rather, but is dead on the inside. Jesus said, this tree is like those who showed up and welcomed me, but their celebration, their rejoicing uh, was superficial. There were also the religious leaders over there who were regarded by people to be the bearers of God's righteousness. But instead of really welcoming and celebrating Jesus, the people were looking to them for, for righteousness and for the people's way toward God. And yet they resented the coming of Jesus because their righteousness was also superficial. Why? Because there's no joy in their religiosity. The crowd was celebrating. They shouted. They praised. They, 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 they confessed belief in Jesus. And yet there's no real joy in their efforts to celebrate His coming. The people believed, but there was no joy. They celebrated the coming of a king, but their celebration was largely misdirected. The religious leaders' righteousness were also misdirected. Why? Because 
it was invalidated by the lack of joy. And you know what happened? In the end, those people who celebrated his entrance to Jerusalem and those religious leaders who were threatened by his presence conspired together and they ended up crucifying Jesus. Why? Because neither those who celebrated his coming nor those who resented his coming lacked the true joy that comes from the Holy Spirit. These accounts were recorded by the gospel for us to teach us about the fruitlessness, the fruitfulness rather, of our faith. This entire episode mirrors a life with spirituality, but is lacking joy to make it real. You know, that's true then, and that's true now. It's possible, loved ones, to believe in Jesus and welcome him and even follow him. But unless that faith is authenticated or validated by joy, that faith will not bear any fruit. Let me ask you a question. Do you gauge your spiritual vitality? On the scale of 1 to 10, how, how, how would you rate yourself as a follower of Jesus? It's an important question for us to answer. Loved ones, you and I can welcome Jesus, but without joy, we will not bear the fruit of the faith that we profess. So the question this morning is, how do we get joy? The answer is we don't. It has to be given to us. Given to us by who? By none other than Jesus. When we truly welcome Him. And how do we know that we're truly welcoming Jesus? Well, He answered this question in John chapter 15. When Jesus said, If you remain in Me and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. I have told you these things so that you can have joy and that your joy may be complete. So how do we know that we're demonstrating the evidence of true faith? There is joy in our life. More on John 15 later on in this message. Joy is the ultimate evidence of a fruitful spiritual life. How do we get it? We remain in Jesus. We remain in Him. That's how joy comes to our life, and that's how we become fruitful in our walk with Christ. Without joy, our faith will be at best shaky, and at worst, we'll totally abandon our walk with the Lord. We will be like those people in that first Palm Sunday. They were rejoicing, but their rejoicing could not be sustained because it didn't have any kind of joy. Now, there are four things that joy accomplishes in our lives that will make us fruitful and strong in our faith. Four things this morning. Number one, joy denounces futile desires. Joy denounces futile desires. Look at verse 37 again in, in, in the Gospel of Luke. When he came near the place where the road goes down, the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices 
for all the miracles they had seen. Now, that's a clue. They were rejoicing. There was a big crowd. They were shouting their hosannas. Why? Because they saw something that Jesus did that captured their attention. They were really welcoming Jesus, but for, not for the right reasons, but for the wrong reason. They were, they were welcoming him because of the miracles that they have seen. And Jesus was saying, you got it backwards. I, I, I'm not here to be welcomed and worshipped because of the miracles I performed. I'm here because I am the Messiah. I am the King of all kings. I am the one that God sent to redeem all humanity. And the miracles that I performed are nothing more than just supporting documentation. Okay? Jesus is saying, I don't know, I don't know if I should illustrate it this way, but in, in an attempt to be funny. Jesus is saying, I am the ribeye steak. The sauce is not what you celebrate. It's the steak. The sauce is just a a supporting condiment. I know that will get your attention. But Jesus looked at their, 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 their worship, their, their shouts, their loud voices. And you know what Jesus did? He did something amazing. Instead of rejoicing and celebrating with them, what did he do? He cried. I had a classmate when I was uh, in grade school. Uh, he was very smart, and he was uh, from a well-to-do family. He was rich, and boy, we liked hanging out with this kid. Why? Because we know when we go to his house, his parents are going to feed us, and we get to play with all of his toys. So as far as I'm concerned, you know, he could do no wrong. I have a lot of great things to say about that kid. You know, but, but the weird thing about it is that kid was genuinely a nice kid and genuinely, you know, smart. But it didn't matter because I was saying all these great things to him because of what I can get out of him. All right? That's a confession. That's how I was. And so were some of you. Maybe not you, but some of your friends probably are like that. That's how we are with God sometimes. Some of these guys who were waving palm leaves weren't necessarily impressed with who Jesus is, but they were impressed with what they can do for him and what they want him to be. One of the biggest hindrances we face in life that prevents us from becoming fruitful in our faith are desires that are in conflict with God's purposes. Desires that are not warranted by God. You know, not all desires that we have uh, is good for us. Any desire that glorifies only the physical needs are futile. Why? Because it quenches the Spirit of God. It offends God. And if the Spirit is quenched, it affects our walk with the Lord. If you don't have gladness or joy in your life, you can trace that in some desire in your life that conflicts with God and serves only the flesh or the, the, the needs of the, 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 the human nature, the physical needs. 
of the human flesh. We need to deal with those desires. So when we have gladness and joy that Jesus gives, we overcome those desires. I believe that's the only way we can overcome those conflicting desires. It's to have joy in the inside of us. Okay? Those, those attitudes, those emotions uh, that supplies the needs of the flesh will lead to nothing more but a futile attempt to replace the real joy that only God can give. So when we have true joy that comes from the Lord, we will denounce those desires because they are futile. The, one of the reasons why we're powerless uh, against the attacks of the devil and the flesh and the world is we just lack joy as Christians. We just, we just don't have that uh, in our faith. We have faith, but we lack the joy. We love God. We believe in God. But we're not experiencing gladness in our faith. How many people really will say that they believe in God, but you don't see any, any kind of rejoicing in them when they worship the Lord. You can trace that in some desire that conflicts uh, with, with the purposes of God. And it's, it's robbing them of true joy because those desires kind of replace, replaces the joy that God wants to put in. Proverbs eleven six says, The righteousness of the upright delivers them, but the unfaithful are trapped in evil desires. Evil desires trap us. Why? Because again, it, they, they substitute real joy with superficial and sometimes even harmful desires. Many of our desires are, are not necessarily bad. They're just unnecessary. And they do not bring true joy uh, in our lives. Those fleshly desires eventually will lead us to sin because we are not driven by the joy of the Lord. Again, in Romans 6.12, it says, Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that they obey the evil desires. I don't know about you, but uh, as soon as this pandemic is over, you know what I'm going to do? I don't know what you, you're going to do, but you know what I'm going to do? You're going to love me for this illustration again. I'm going to go to the nearest steakhouse. I can find. What is this about you and steaks this morning? Well, you know what? I can't go to a restaurant. Neither can you. And I'm kind of craving for that. You know that, you know that steak? You know what it represents? That, that, that steak represents sin. Because I know, I know I will have joy while I'm eating it. But two hours later, my, my gout will attack me. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be screaming, and I'm going to be weeping, and I'm going to be gnashing my teeth. All right? That, that's what's going to happen. And sin is kind of like that. You know? You, you rejoice in it for a season of time, but it's not true joy. Why? Because at the end of it is pain. Got to have joy, amen? You got to have joy. There's a second thing. That joy does. And that is, joy diminishes false doubts. Look again in verse 21. Uh, after Jesus cursed the fig tree, his disciples were amazed 
at the fact that he could just speak to the fig tree and the fig tree just withered. And they were amazed. And Jesus told them, Truly I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but also you can say to this mountain, Go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. You know, this, this verse is largely misunderstood by a lot of people because when, when, we, when we think of this verse, we always uh, revert to that thinking that when we ask God for anything in faith, that God will do it. All right? That God will do it. Now, He does honor our faith when we ask, but not in this context. Not in the context of this passage. This is not a prayer request made in faith. The context here is fruitfulness. Got to remember that. Faith without joy leads to a fruitless life. He was not telling his disciples, if you have great faith, you can do great things. At least not in this passage. But that's how we often look at this verse. The context here is lack of fruitfulness because of doubt. Listen, the fig tree here was used by Jesus to illustrate what dead spirituality looks like. The tree was full of leaves, but there's no fruit. The people who welcomed him and opposed him on that day where he entered Jerusalem on that first Palm Sunday looked like they have all kinds of evidence showing their spirituality on the outside. But on the inside, they did not have the joy of the Lord because they didn't welcome Jesus as their true king. So Jesus says, if you don't want to be like that fig tree, you must never doubt me. Not only can you get rid of your fruitlessness, but you can also say to the mountain, throw yourself away. And what do mountains represent? Mountains represents problems and obstacles that diminishes our joy. How do we get rid of doubt? How do we get rid of all of these things? Go back to John 15, verse 9. Jesus was saying to his disciples, If you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. He said in verse 9, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that you, you may have joy and that your joy may be made complete. Remain in Christ. Stick with him. Don't doubt him. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's not dead. He is alive. He is risen. Stay. Stay where you are. Don't move. You know what the word perseverance means? Perseverance means stay put. Regardless of what's going on. I really appreciate you being here this morning because that shows me perseverance. Not only is it raining outside... You're, 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 you're liable to, you know, to take a chance coming in here and there's over 10 of us. We might get sighted. But nevertheless, there's only about nine of us here. So we're not breaking the law. <laughs> okay? But that's perseverance. You're staying put. I hope those of you who are streaming, I, I hope you don't take five trips to the bathroom during this sermon. 
There's a third thing that joy accomplishes, and that is joy destroys fatal deceptions. Fatal deceptions. Look at verse 41 in Ma- of Matthew 21. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace. Uh, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The entire nation, its people, its leadership missed the point of Jesus' arrival on that day. The people were looking for a king, but they're looking for a king who will destroy the Roman rule. On the other side of the equation, the religious leaders were kind of worried because up to the coming of Jesus, they were regarded by the people as the the bridge towards God. They were supposed to represent the righteousness of God. Now here comes Jesus, who was much different from them. And Jesus proclaimed the truth, followed by miracles. They couldn't compete with that, so they hated him. Why would you hate somebody who was pursuing the same kind of righteousness? The problem is they didn't have joy, like I said earlier. They were deceived into thinking that they have ownership of righteousness and that it it was up to them uh, to show the nation what righteousness looked like. You've been listening to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Lapson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. As a listener-supported ministry, they are grateful for your tax-deductible donations at livingontherockradio.com. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for. A church made up of imperfect people from all walks of life with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, you will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale, with Sunday worship starting at 1030 a.m. More information at livingontherockradio.com.